Hi everyone, I'm Patrick. And I'm Emma. Welcome to another episode of We Liked You First. We Liked You First is the podcast where we put the spotlight on talented, emerging writers and actors. This week, we're so excited to bring you the comedy writing of Jack Rogers. We don't have just one of his works to share with you, not two, but three. After these three performances, stay tuned to hear an interview with Jack Rogers, our writer. First, we have Turtles vs. Rabbits, directed by Austin Jordan. Logan Lindholm as Leonardo, McKenna Steele as Mozart, Tanner Ralph as Raphael, Patrick Carlyle as Donatello, with guest stars Jennifer Baker as Beethoven, guest star Colin Glowinka as the agent slash Michelangelo, and guest star Claire Nielsen as Secretary and Tchaikovsky. Mr. Jones, they're here. Send them in. Gentlemen, come in. Please, have a seat. Raph, please. Now, don't you Raph me. I just spent four hours in the car with Michelangelo's pizza bread. Hey! We all did, Raph. Cool off. What is this about, Mr. Jones? Is it payroll again? No. Well, yes and no. Meaning? <sighs> Look, guys. You guys have been doing great work, and I can't thank you enough Say, for- Say, guys, one more time, and- <clears throat> Leonardo, give me my size! Dude, chill. Let's just hear him out. I'm sure everything is okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Is it really that bad? We've been running some independent studies, and... Whoa, man. Small words. We don't all know what impedendent means. And our current entertainment client has shifted from ninjas to... Cowboys. What? What? Look, pizza! Oh, pizza. So, what does this mean for us, huh? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) The other ones are here, sir. Send them- Send them in! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Meet the adolescent animalis cowgirl rabbits. You've got to be kidding me. Not cool. Yeah. I find this situation rather displeasing. Whoa there, fella. We don't like using them fancy words around these parts. So your idea was to replace us with the equivalent of a knockoff brand of heroes? Our audiences responded positively to Wild West themes. And let me guess, they're also named after famous artists. Composers, actually. I'm Mozart. This is Beethoven, Bach, and Tchaikovich Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky. Bless you. With all due respect, Mr. Jones, we're an original. You can't just erase us. Yeah, we're an orinagle. Lassos and repeating rifles are making a comeback. That's nobody's fault. What do you guys use? 
sticks. Uh, try swords, staffs, nunchucks, and size. You buck tooth. Seriously, why can't I have my size? To avoid any unnecessary violence. I'll show you unnecessary violence. Whoa, 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 What do we do, Mozart? Hold it. Give me the word and I'll turn him into turtle stew, boss. That's enough. Put the chair down, Raphael. No way. You think I'm scared of getting shot. You should be. Gentlemen, please. I just had the carpet redone. <laughs> Are we fighting? No. Donnie, a little help? Heck it all, Donatello. This is why we don't give you your size in business meetings. You call this business? It's injustice. Just settle down for a minute and we can work this out. Are you in charge of your, uh, group? Indeed. This is my posse. Could you tell your posse to put down their guns, please? Put them down, girls. Thank you. Now, let's sort this out. Are you really set to replace us? Yep. When? October. October? Man, am I gonna be homeless on Halloween? We live in the sewer, Pizza Brain. Maybe this isn't all bad. Exactly! Stay out of this! Not all bad? Elaborate. Yeah, how is this not all bad? I mean, we've been talking about retiring anyway. We've been going pretty much non-stop for over 30 years. How are you still teenagers after 30 years? A group of talking cowboy rabbits is asking a group of talking ninja turtles how they're still teenagers. Fair point. Who's your sensei? We ain't got no sesne. It's like a teacher-parent. We raised ourselves. Charming. Who's your biggest enemy? Mower. Is that like an evil German scientist? Nope. Just any lawnmower. Good grief. <laughs> These guys sound worse by the second, Leo. Give them a chance. What's your favorite food? Orange glow sticks. She means carrots. One more question. What's your catchphrase? Oh, uh, <laughs> we don't say that unless we're about to... Next, we have Business Meeting. This production is directed by Tanner Ralph, and we have Austin Jordan as Wilson, McKenna Steele as Filch, Logan Lindholm as Hauser, guest star Jennifer Baker as Pat, and our guest star Claire Nielsen as Jackson. Thanks for coming in, everybody. We have a new intern joining us today. This is Pat Smith. Care to introduce yourself, Pat? Um, I'm Pat Smith. I'm the new intern. Great. Thank you for that detailed introduction. Pat, if you'll take notes on today's meeting, that would be splendid. Oh, uh, sure. All right, folks. We had a pretty decent fleeb. I'm optimistic about how our flube coolie pops had turned out. Filch, how's the Northwest Flarb? 
Is the Blarfist handling the Bursnarg well? Yes, the farm is handling the Bursnarg very well. We've managed to keep our Cantaroon at reasonable levels, and uh, looks like a... Excuse me? Uh, yes, Pat? Um, I'm just... Uh, wh what was that word you said? Cantaroon? Um, sure. Sorry to interrupt. Anyway, <clears throat> what about your Blarfus, Hauser? I wish I could say our newbie hooby matched that of Filch's Blarfus, but unfortunately our Corbnatches have spread a little thin. Your Corbnatches? Yes, our Corbnatches. Please explain. Yes, please explain. Well, we've been in contact with some Aldazoodle Madoodle Doodles, but their Graggleging has been protesting unfair wages. It's difficult to get a decent amount of bleed betters for the Hononos we need. I'm sorry, can I just... What is it, Pat? I'm sorry, but I don't think I'm understanding all that's being said. <laughs> it's not your job to understand what's being said. It's your job to write it down. Of course, sir. Sorry, again. <sighs> no, it, it's all right. You're new. <laughs> Sometimes the business lingo can be overwhelming. <laughs> exactly! I'll just write. As I was saying, Hauser, out-a-zoodle-ma-doodle-doodles or no, there's no excuse for poor newbie-hooby. I thought your Zeldaf was well-equipped to handle shortages in out-a-zoodle-ma-doodle-doodles. We are, but- Then why the poor vip-whip, Hauser? If I might interject on behalf of Hauser- <laughs> and here comes in Jackson. This should be good. Take down every work, Pat. Believe me, I'm, I'm trying. Hauser's Blarfus has been experiencing poor coolie pops due to the fluctuations in company Jalopy-Doo. Jalopy-Doo? Jalopy-Doo? Yes, Jalopy-Doo. My Blarfus, while it is still outperforming the company average, has also experienced a dip in flu. I can't believe this. Can you believe this, Pat? I'm struggling to... Pat, I'd like to read back what Jackson just said so she knows just how stupid she sounds. Sure thing. <clears throat> The Ermagashers and Flabby Flues are outperforming the Belschnickels. <laughs> and more Gorbs aren't showing up to blah. Blah? That's what I got. Well put, Pat. Great use of synonyms. You did an excellent job of making Jackson sound like an idiot. Why, thank you! Don't interrupt. Jackson, do you understand why this behavior isn't acceptable? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Or should I have Pat read your little blurb again? No, I don't think that's necessary. Pat, read it again. Um... I... Forgot. You forgot? I thought you wrote it down. Sir, I have to be honest, I have no idea what's being said here. I- Clearly! You didn't- Did you think you could honestly fake your way through this meeting? What, what on earth is a bellschnickel? It's from the office. What? It's from the office, sir. Unbelievable. Get out of my building. What? You heard me, intern, up and out. Are you serious right now? Serious as my grandma's heart attack. Get out! I don't understand how anyone could even hope to take notes for these meetings. I don't want to hear it, Pat. Your attitude makes you hard to understand. I'm hard to understand? Bogus. Language! 
Unacceptable. This is why we don't hire interns. Yeah, okay, whatever. But if I could say something before I go, you all sound like a bunch of idiots. I don't think anyone outside of this office has an idea as to what corn batches or aldezoodle, madoodle, whatevers are. Frankly, it all sounds like utter gibberish garbage. Here's an outrageous idea. Why don't we just offer bada booms and bada bings to our Zeldaf in exchange for good collipops every fleeb? Give me a break. That's actually an amazing idea. Goodness gracious. I think we should do that. I completely agree, sir. Jackson, you've cronked. Pack your things. And last but not least, we have Brotherly Bank Robbery. This production is directed by Patrick Carlisle, with Austin Jordan as Johnny, Tanner Ralph as Billy, guest Jack Rogers as Tommy, McKenna Steele as the teller, Logan Lindholm as the cop, and guest Colin Glowinka as Robber's mother. Everyone on the ground now! You! Where's the cash? Billy, go grab the cash. Okay. Please put the money on the counter. Stop! Billy, you don't have to say please. Sorry, Johnny. Don't apologize. Okay. Sorry about that. I mean, I'm not sorry about that. Give me the money, please. Dang it! Johnny, I don't think I can do this. Billy! Look at me. Take a deep breath. (sighs) Now what are you gonna do? I'm gonna rob a bank. That's right. And how are you gonna do it? By being scary. That's right! Now show me your robber face. Okay, now point your gun and say what you want. I want... Oh, whoa, whoa, not at me, Billy. (laughs) Sorry, Johnny. Don't apologize. Right. Give me the... Johnny, I can't see him anymore. Oh, for Pete's sake. (laughs) Now tell the nice woman what you want. I want the cash. Louder! I want the cash. Okay, take the robber face away and try it again. Okay. I want the cash. Louder! I want the cash. Louder! I want the cash! Come on, louder! I want the cash! No, Billy. Make her give you the cash. Now go. Give... No. Give me the... No. Please give me the... No. Give me... No, Billy. Give me the freaking cash or I'm gonna put lead in your leg! I got chills from that. (laughs) Didn't you? Uh, yes, it was quite intimidating. <laughs> How'd that feel, Billy? B- Billy? It felt amazing. <laughs> That's good, Billy. Now, now you can calm down a bit. We've almost finished. Just grab the bag. How about you grab the bag? Hmm? You heard me. Grab the bag. <laughs> hey now, little buddy. You're doing great and all, but starting to scare me a little bit. Oh, dear. Police! Drop your weapons! Johnny? Tommy? Tommy? 
Billy? Hey! Hey! Uh, what's going on here, huh? You know these guys? What? Huh? Uh, no. I don't know these scoundrels. Why do they know your name? I, uh... Look out, officer! There's a third one! Huh? Ugh. That should take care of that. Wasn't that your partner, Tommy? Sure was. I'm working the force now. What are you guys doing here? How's Ma? We're robbing a bank, Tommy. And Ma's fine. Robbing a bank, huh? Look at you growing up so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? Did you find your robber voice? Uh-huh. Good for you, buddy. Wait, are you three... You should be Whoops, sorry. <laughs> Old habits. Well, I'll tell you what. Since this is your first time, I'll let you off easy. You two can just skedaddle and I'll call in a false alarm. Deal? Deal. Let's go, Johnny. Sure thing. What about your partner? Ain't you gonna get in trouble? Aw, oh, don't worry about me. I'll give Billy here the credit in my report. All right, everyone! Down on the ground and be cool! We're here for the bank's money, not for your money! Mom? Oh, hello, boys. How are you? Hey, everybody. What you just listened to was some sketch comedy written by Jack Rogers. And we are here now with my co-host, Emma Matei. Hello, hello. And we are really excited because we have Jack Rogers joining us. Um, hi, Jack. How you doing? Hi, Patrick. I'm doing really well. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, buddy. Um, you know, life. Um, life is good. Life is great. Life it happens <laughs> to all of us. It's a, it's a little great better when we have, you know, people like you in our company. Aww. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I was really, really happy to get this invitation from Patrick because I haven't done anything relating to sketch comedy in a while. So it was really nice to bring these back to life. Sure. When I, I'm just going to jump right in. When did you write these sketches? Okay, so Turtles versus Ninjas, I wrote before I believe it was my last semester doing sketch comedy at college. So that would be, I wrote it before the spring of 2019. And then Brotherly Bank Robbery, I actually wrote like years ago, like 20. 16. I wrote it the semester before I got to college because I was doing um, summer sketch comedy theater camp at BYU Provo. And so okay. Two week long camp. And I, I that's where I wrote it. I wrote it there. And then I actually think I wrote it the year before in 2015. And then I revised it in 2016. They performed it there. And then I revised it again. And that's the version that you guys heard performed. And yeah, and then the last sketch, which was business meeting, I wrote that this last semester. Um, so before the spring of 2019. So two of those sketches are more of my recent sketches. And then Brotherly Bank Robbery is a really old one. Um, I was just going to point out, I love Brotherly Bank Robbery. Um, and one of the reasons I love it, Jack, and you know this, but this is just a kind of a fun little tidbit, I guess, for our listeners. 
um, back when you wrote it back in the day, you and I first met each other at BYU Idaho. We were doing sketch comedy together, mm-hmm. and you and I actually performed that sketch together, um, which was, I mean, like oh so much goodness. fun. So, um, it was like a huge treat when <laughs> when I I reached out to Jack and I told him about this podcast. I told him what we were what we were trying to do, and he was really supportive. And he said, "Is there anything you want to do um, on the podcast?" And I just immediately said, "Can we do brotherly bank robbery?" And that's just how much I I love your writing. That's how much how funny I find it, and how tickled I, I was so tickled, you know, to see it come to life again. Thank um, you. So was I. And I was really well, I happy might... you asked to do it because I immediately went to Google Google Docs and I was like, "Brotherly bank robbery," and then I sent you the copy. <laughs> I, I was so excited. You know, it really does say something, though, when you read a sketch or something, and it, or you see something, you perform something, and then it sticks with you. I mean, there's there's things that I've read or performed or whatever, and I, you know, the moment I'm done with it, it leaves my mind. It didn't leave that lasting impression. But when something leaves that lasting impression, you know, it has that je ne sais quoi, you know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> got that little something, something that you're like, mm-hmm. I, I like that. I, I just liked that. Um, and I actually found that I felt that with all three of these sketches. Um, this is actually the first time we've done an, a podcast with someone where we've done more than one piece of their work mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in one podcast. Yes, it is. Um, so I, Patrick, if it's okay, I'd kind of like to touch on each one yeah absolutely um but jack what i'd like to hear from you is kind of how you developed as a writer and kind of what you were doing with yourself over the span of time in which you wrote all three of these sure so like i mentioned before i was doing sketch comedy camps at byu Prova. there two two week long camps and that is where i learned pretty much the majority of what I know now in regards to sketch comedy writing. And, you know, when, when we started being trained and taught about how to write sketches, it really, and I, I feel like Patrick, you, you've done stand up stuff before. And so you can, you can relate to this. You find something funny in real life and then you can just, in terms of sketch comedy, you can just ham it up and then, you know, stand up. You tell the story sometimes as it is, and it's just hilarious. And so the the first and probably most important thing I learned was that there is humor in truth. And there's even humor yes. in tragedy. I mean, if, if there's that quote, uh, <laughs> tragedy plus time equals comedy. <laughs> why we can joke about the titanic now oh, we could probably write a sketch about the titanic and it would be okay it would be socially acceptable <laughs> more than a hundred years have passed and so that is something that really stuck with me and so i actually when i come up with sketch ideas or when i came up with sketch ideas i had one single note section in my phone and i would just write down the gist so if someone said something funny I would write it down and then try to incorporate that in a sketch. And sometimes they were really dumb ideas, but I just needed to get them down. And that's a, that's a habit I developed pretty early on was if you get an idea, write it down immediately or you're going to forget it. Yeah. And so we also learned about, what is it? The rule of three. 
rule of three in comedy. And so that inspired Brotherly Bank Robbery, which is the earliest of the works that, that you heard, uh, is that you have the, the two brothers coming in. That's the first funny. And then you have the cop brother, which is the second funny. And he turns out to be a bank robber as well. And then it turns into a family reunion. We get the third funny with the mother. So that those are some of that shows some of the early concepts I was learning. Originally, that sketch was like a total ripoff of another sketch that I really loved. Um, it was, I don't know if you've seen it, the shooting, aka Dear Sister. Some of oh. the guys from SNL did it, and Shia LaBeouf was in it. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, I know which one you're talking about. It's one of the ooh, what you mm, say? What say? <laughs> That's actually my ringtone. So whenever my phone starts ringing, I start falling down in slow motion like I've been shot. Because uh, I just, I admired that sketch so much. And so I did something, I wrote a sketch that was similar. And it was my first year writing. And so they were like, Jack, you realize you're just ripping off another sketch, right? And I was like, <laughs> I guess so. I just really liked the concept and wanted to put my own spin on it. They're like, make it more original and we'll consider it for next year. And so I came up with, instead of the funny being they're shooting each other, is that it turns into a a family reunion. A family reunion. <laughs> That's very clever. And then let's see. The one I wrote after that was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus the versus the rabbits, which the full name escapes me right now. But originally they were samurai, and it was because I had seen <laughs> was I, I i remember just having a thought one day being like teenage mutant ninja turtles but they've been around for like decades now so that yeah. doesn't make any sense and i was like if they were to and you know they're always reviving teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah. you know michael bay made a movie there's new cartoons all the time i'm like what if they just like revived it but switched it up for like a new market or whatever and red dead redemption 2 had just come out so when I was originally writing that, sketch, uh, it was just samurai, samurai rabbits. Uh, but Red Dead Redemption 2 came out and everybody was into cowboys. And so I was like, okay, they're going to be, they're going to be cowgirl rabbits. And so <laughs> that's, that's what I changed it to, was cowgirl rabbits to keep it relevant okay. with the time. It's been a little bit of time since Red Dead Redemption 2 came out. So it, but it it's, is still iconic. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And then business meeting was another example of finding something true and then yeah. putting it in a sketch because I, I had the idea when I heard, and you know, I can name several times of this, two people at college with the same major in an area of expertise that I have absolutely no knowledge in. Usually it's like political science or science, any science at all. <laughs> math, geology, and they're just, they're having a normal conversation, but I don't understand half of what they're saying. And if they would have asked me to write down what they were saying or take notes, like if I was a TA in a class, that was the original idea, a TA in a class of which I have no expertise. Right. I was like, well, what about if it were an intern interning at like a business firm or a marketing firm? And they had no idea what was being said because the business lingo or just the expertise lingo in a certain field can be so specific that you just don't have the vocabulary for it. 
And I'm sure I'm sure some people have had that experience trying to take notes on something and they're like, I don't know, I don't I don't know what any of this is. Even just in class, like you're learning the subject and you don't know what's going on. That was me all throughout all throughout high school and all throughout most of my classes in college. <laughs> Uh, and so that that was the birth of that sketch. And out of all the three sketches, that's probably the one where I focused on on truth and relatability the most. Yes, actually, business meeting was arguably my favorite, simply because I related to it so mm-hmm. much. Where at at first, as I was getting into the story, I was like, "Did wait? Did I hear that right? Wait, <laughs> hold hold on." And then I realized that Pat, the intern, was me mm-hmm. <laughs> going, hey, what? And then just trying to keep up. And they're like, are you are you getting this? And like, I'm trying to. <laughs> and it was just so relatable because, I mean, I've been there the first day of a class or the first day of a job where they're just talking and they're going quick. And you're like, I am trying to keep up. I'm really trying here, but I feel like you're speaking a totally different language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a that's struggle. Something, that's something I, that I love about it so much too, is that, you know, we all have, you know, this is, I, this is like where I love for the idea of truth in comedy and, and on a wider scope truth in, in the arts or in, in, in general is something that's so wonderful is that we all have a literacy that we all understand. Um, you can approach anybody and they have their own literacy on something that they're really good at or something they, they understand. Um, and that's why I think this, this sketch is so accessible and so funny is because of that literacy. I think everyone can put themselves in a situation where they don't know what they're talking about. And that could be like a business meeting, like it happened to Pat in this sketch, or it could be something as simple as you're trying to tell your mom how to use her iPhone. Um, <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's oh, applicable yeah. to all these things. Um, it's so great. You you step in you're in a circle of people and someone mentions an inside joke and everyone gets it but you. Oh and yeah, that's a sketch right there. So <laughs> left out right now. <laughs> so, yes, but I I really felt the truth in that one, even though it was such an extreme situation. I I could feel it on an emotional level. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if Patrick told you. But when I originally wrote that sketch, I wrote it with pretty like standard business lingo, like quarterly, yearly, uh, independent contractors, stuff like that. Aldazoodle Madoodle Doodle was independent contractor. <laughs> what I did was I just I, I wrote a business meeting mm-hmm. and then just added a clueless character who was just a normal character. And then I laced all the dialogue with just this this information. So if you reverted it to its original text it would make sense it actually could would, make sense you wouldn't know what it was saying but oh, I then love comes that. along little evil old me and i just at the end of the sketch do find and replace and just replace all the business jargon with certain gibberish that was so, that was the process <laughs> i love that because there were certain words that were reoccurring mm-hmm. and i was wondering i was like i wonder like do those appear in in do these total mumbo jumbo words appear correctly within like the sentence structures? Yeah. So, so read me, you have the script up with you. If you, if you can read me a sentence of gibberish, I can try to recall and tell you what it was originally. (laughs) Okay. 
Okay, give me a second here. Put I those. have to say though, while Emma's looking for her sentence, Alda Doodle Madoodle Doodle is my favorite word. <laughs> in, in, in the, in Coming in the, up with gibberish is okay. hard. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so this is Jackson. Hauser's okay, and I'm gonna butcher this. Hauser's Blarfus has been experiencing poor coolie pops due to the fluctuations in company Jolly Dalu. Joppy Dalu. Joppy so, Oh, there's another bees. bees. <laughs> Joppy so, Dalu. Hauser's branch has been experiencing poor, I believe coolie pops was profits or uh like margins something like that due to the fluctuations in company morale oh my god <gasps> it makes so much sense <laughs> so their of profits course. have been suffering because company morale is low sure so oh my yes god. yes morale my branch while it is still outperforming the company average has also experienced a dip in prop so flube is profits Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And so Coolie Pops <laughs> Look at him is probably casually. Yeah, so Coolie Pops is probably uh, like quarterlies. So Look at Jack yes, Joppy Lou. My work while the still performing the company <laughs> average has also experienced a dip in flube. Wow. <laughs> flube. And that's that is where to me this script just went to the next level because it's not just total nonsense. Mm-hmm. There is a structure within it, and you you actually thought it out and really made it work. Because yeah, I I would these words would appear and then reappear, and I'd go, oh, that like kind of like the the sentence structure in my head that I'm kind of like internally visualizing mm-hmm. that made sense. <laughs> it did no, no. appropriately, <laughs> even though I have no idea what's going on here. It it didn't feel wrong to my English thinking brain. If that makes a, any sense. That makes to me that makes perfect sense. Like and that's it something that I didn't even talk. think about reading about it when I read it as well. Because I was pretty new to this sketch as well. Like when I when I read it and I had the same reaction that Emma had. You know, it, it I knew they were talking about something, like something real. And and, it, and the structure made sense, and that is a a next level um, writing, like a next level writing skill um, that you don't often see. You know, it, it takes a lot of time for someone to sit down and say, "I made up this word that meant this." It wouldn't make sense to go back and make up another word to mean the same thing. It was kind of cool that you, you that consistency was. Uh, I, I think made I, I, it did height, it heightened it, and like, look at us talk about the intricacies of sketch comedy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Does SNL know what they've got? <laughs> but, Would you like to um, know my two favorite lines in this sketch and what they mean originally? Absolutely. absolutely. Okay. So Hauser and one part says, "Well, we've been in contact with some Aldazoodle Madoodle Doodles, but their Graggle Gang has been protesting unfair wages. It's difficult to get a decent amount of Glee bitters for the Hononos we need." Now, Glee bitters and hononos. I can't. I honestly can't remember. Can't remember what those are. But I know the first part means. Well, we've been in contact with some independent contractors, but their union has been protesting unfair wages. So I had like union in there. 
And then later, Wilson says, as I was saying, Hauser, Aldazoodle, Madoodle Doodles, or no, there's no, there's no excuse for poor newbie hoobie. I thought your Zaldaf was well equipped enough to handle shortages in Aldazoodle, Madoodle Doodles. It's a real tongue twister. And I, again, I wrote this so long ago. I can't remember exactly what newbie hoobie stands for. I think it's just like promise or something like that. It's, it's originally, um, as I was saying, Hauser, independent contractors or no, there's no excuse for poor profits or quarterlies. I thought your staff was well equipped enough to handle shortages in independent contractors. So it's a serious meeting. They're like getting into the subject, but it, it, yeah. it's this like sim talk. those are my two favorite lines because they're just they're they're laced with with my favorite gibberish yeah um just to i i don't always do this but just to give credit to the actor who played wilson who who said that line (laughs) um austin jordan is one of our regular cast members and he said that line and the first time he read it he said it perfectly Uh not even he didn't skip a beat and i looked at him I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, I literally had to stop and look at him and be like, Austin, where did you pull that out of? <laughs> where did you pull that out of? And he's like, you don't know what Alta Doodle Doodle means? He's like, he's just, you know, uh, he's like, clearly your fleeb is, uh, and he's just, <laughs> he just speaks your language, Jack. Um, but that's just like a little a tip of my hat to, to Austin for reading such a complicated tongue twister of, of yeah. nonsense. I remember like sitting in on that and I was so impressed. Well, <laughs> um, Quick oh, shout ahead, out to Austin. He's, <laughs> I've had the privilege to work with him on a number of things. And uh, a couple months ago, went out to Chicago to film with him. And he needs very little direction. And he just takes it and gives you everything you wanted and more. He's <laughs> he's quite talented. He's a magic man. So he, yes, would have been perfect. Um. One comment that I, I was just thinking about, you know, in in regards to your into your sketches and the, the way you've written comedy, um, as well, and this is just something that's been kind of swirling in my head, is that I can almost imagine every single one of the situations you wrote happening in real life, um, and um, I, I mean, like, I can literally picture this meeting with the um, the te- you know, the the adolescent animalist, you know cowboy cowboy rabbits versus the teenage mutant ninja turtles i can picture that meeting and i could picture the brotherly bank robbery um happening and something that just comes to mind is that i feel like the the best way that i can put it into words is that you've kind of created a heightened reality um of you know in this world of writing that you've kind of created where did you kind of get your inspiration from or where did you how were you inspired to write this way? If you notice, if you look at all the sketches, they're very dialogue heavy. And dialogue is my favorite thing in the world. And so uh, Stephen, so combine that with Stephen King has a method of writing where he just asks what if questions. And that's how he comes up with his stories. What if there was an evil clown that resurfaced every 27 years and ate children? What if there was a car that came to life and killed people? That's how he writes. What if questions? And so I just ask myself a what if question. And then, like I said, I really love dialogue. And so I just start with that image in my head of a situation. I, I make the characters. And then I just 
imagine a conversation and I'm writing down that conversation and I'm letting it progress naturally. And that's, that really is how I write is I just, I love thinking of how people would react to things. And, you know, I, I, I started acting when I was seven. And so I was oh, not, wow. not making it sound like I was forced. I was, I was forced to uh, think from a lot of different points of view for different characters. And so that helped me develop with people's different reactions to things. And also I'm growing up, I was pretty good at getting a rise out of people um, and just annoying the crap out of them. I was a very talkative, very loud, never knew when to shut up kid. And so reactions were kind of what I lived for. And so th that's definitely reflected in, in, in my writing is because everything is just a reaction to something said before there's only one sketch i've ever written that had zero dialogue and it was i think you were there for that patrick um it was was it the waking up hall. in the morning yep, waking up in the oh. morning routine it was morning set to in the hall of the mountain king and it was somebody like getting up to their morning routine and every action was in sync with a beat of in the hall of the mountain king so they were getting up and like pitter pattering down the hallway they're brushing their teeth and so that's that's the one example where i i completely refrained from dialogue but that's i think that's 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 where a lot of my sketches that's kind of i guess where the heart is is just the interactions with each other and the reactions to what is happening around them and what they're saying because i try to think of how a person would naturally really react in this weird scenario and so i guess that's where the heightened reality could come from because i try to sure. put realistic ish characters with real feelings in crazy situations and then just let them start talking in my head i i just love that explanation that's i i again i i, uh, I, I just love that um because you know, it's a lot of people think you know, in order to create great comedy, you know, you have to go you know into a realm that's that's un, into into the unbelievable, um, and you don't have to. You know, you can stay grounded in such a believable atmosphere because life generally is pretty is pretty funny. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of things to, to laugh at at you know in life. You know, I you know I I hope one day to be robbed by a Johnny and a Billy. <laughs> 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 and you know, I would just love to be there for that. <laughs> and then Billy goes dark side on you, and things take a turn for the worse. Well, let's talk about Johnny and Billy, because this script really took me by surprise. So <laughs> okay. I love this. You know, um, oh, uh, Billy keeps saying please, and he's got these really sweet manners, and he's just kind of goofy. You know, he's actually, he's pointing the gun at his brother and he's like, no, uh, put that down. Like, he's like, oh, sorry. Like, stop saying stop sorry. Like, just, yeah. Um, and then suddenly Billy takes this turn. <laughs> and I love, I love um, in the script, it says, uh, Billy's talking and in parentheses, it says practically growling. <laughs> and Billy goes, it felt amazing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, Billy just like, whew, here he comes. And then suddenly Billy's in charge. 
You know, mm-hmm. he's even turning the gun on his brother intentionally. And it's so I totally expected something to come from this, from this mm-hmm. moment where Billy is like, oh my gosh, we might have gone too far. Oh crap. Mm-hmm. And then enters the cop. <laughs> that did not go where i thought it was going oh yeah i mean if i could have if i left it where it was going billy would have shot his brother (laughs) that's how it was (laughs) that's the direction it was going and if i hadn't inserted another factor the natural progression of things would have dictated that he shot his brother like in the leg i'm gonna put you lead in your leg that was a serious moment (laughs) like that's a serious threat Oh, yeah. I mean, I was like, Billy's the next serial killer. Like, <laughs> Funny that you say that, always, because he's got he inspired by Jekyll and Hyde. Oh! <laughs> there, there well, is a moment, if, if you've ever listened to the Jekyll and Hyde musical in the first transformation, um, he's like, who is this creature that I see? And then he like takes this deep breath, and this is where I got the practically growling uh, thought. He's just like, this is Hyde's real first line. He's like, free. He's just like, oh no, <laughs> what what's happened? And so it, it was a combination of that, like <laughs> Billy has Billy has like crossed it's crossed a line corner. snap. Oh yeah. And then the other the other inspiration was like a shark when he smells blood, like uh Bruce from Nemo. <laughs> he's just like, fish off friends, not food. And then he gets a little sniff of blood and his eye his irises and his pupils get huge and he's like dinner time that's good it's this yeah (laughs) same thing practically growling it's like how'd that feel billy it felt amazing (laughs) (laughs) billy shark has has gotten a taste of blood yes oh yes and it's I, always the quiet ones, isn't it? You know, the, <laughs> the ones you don't suspect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, didn't mean to interrupt you, Emma. <clears throat> no, no, you didn't at all. I I was just, that that story really impressed me. It took me for a spin. I, 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 I was impressed, too, because, like, how many... It's like what five pages? It's you know it, it roughly that would equate to about five minutes of of you know stage or screen time. Um, it just makes me it makes you ask how many times can you question what's happening in five minutes? Because <laughs> 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 um, because it's pretty clean, straightforward. Johnny comes in and he's like and he's in control. He's like give me the money, and then it's like now I'm gonna teach my little brother how to rob this bank Billy, go ahead buddy and then billy's not getting it and then billy gets it he's dark and you're like oh gosh that's you know three twists right there and then tommy shows up and tommy is their brother and he's okay with all this and then mom shows up on the same day you know it's gonna rob the bank now too um it's just it's just one of those things where you're just kind of getting whiplash i was gonna um, say if ever there was whiplash that was intentionally <laughs> trying to give you in a sketch that's it <laughs> that it was quite an experience you know like you're like him and then him and then money and then mom mom <laughs> oh man the whiplash and you feel for the bank teller in that scene because the bank teller is watching this all unfold she's like i'll give you the money just get out <laughs> i don't need to see you know these two brothers kill each other and then you know i don't need to know that the cop's not going to help me and then their mom's here now <laughs> 
<laughs> so that's where they get it from. But it's a, it's definitely one of those moments where you, you can even relate yourself, put yourself in that sketch into a relatable position of, of the bank teller who's like kind of our everyman experiencing this whole thing unfold. <laughs> you're like at your friend's house when you're a kid and your friend starts fighting with their parents and you're like, I really feel like I shouldn't be here. I don't want to be here. You're like six you and you're like, I'm going to walk home now. <laughs> Fighting. Oh, please. You talk to your parents like that. <laughs> you call them by their first name. <laughs> oh my goodness well i oh. have um i have one more comment about your writing that i would like to address um and that was just that i really appreciated the maturity of your humor um in each of these scripts it felt like your humor was very different and very developed in different ways um they each had a totally different vibe. And I think, you know, for a writer, having diversity within um, your work is something that can be kind of difficult to obtain. Mm -hmm. um, I really appreciated how your humor related to things that are, are real life, that feel like, like we talked about the truth in it. And, um, but I loved reading this because when I heard we were doing comedy, I was like, okay, it's going to be dumb and crass <laughs> because that's what, <laughs> that's uh, real fun. And, there, <laughs> and I love dumb and crass humor, the right, you know, at the right time, the right place. And, it's easy. but it, 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 it's easy. Is that what you said? Mm -hmm. It's easy. Yeah. And, um, I was thinking, okay, okay. Three, three different sketches. We'll see how this goes. Because it could just be three of the same things, three dumb and crass. And goodness, I love some good crass humor when it's done right. But I think it takes some really, um, I, I, I think it takes some really, uh, I, I'm trying to say some really talented here, <laughs> some real talent <laughs> um, to go beyond that and to challenge yourself and to come out with three very different, very funny for very different reasons scripts that uh, were just very enjoyable. Thank you. I, I would just like to, to add, I would just like to agree with that. Um, like, like you said, Jack, it is really easy to get the, to get that, the crass or the low, the lowbrow joke. And, and like Emma said, there is a place for that though. You know, we, we watch Adam Sandler. And we watch Dumb and Dumber, and we watch, you know, office. we watch the. <laughs> I, I love The Office, <laughs> but like we oh, we watch those things because there's a. That's what she said, or title oh. your sex tape, like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm we, still laughing. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I, I agree. Like we we need those. We all need those laughing outlets. We just need it because they're so easy to laugh at, and we need a reason yeah. just to laugh. But every once in a while, we get a really you get a really good writer, and you get someone who's really good at making you think a little bit harder. And when and it's almost like a reward. It's like getting like you know, it's like it's, it, I feel like it's a reward when you have to think a little bit harder to get the joke or to to see the humor and something maybe a little more mature. Um, and you feel 
Exactly. Yes. And finding the intelligent humor. Um, I think it elevates not only the person who wrote it, but it elevates the people listening to it because they're like, I'm laughing along with the writer. Um, and I get what I'm on the same level as him or her, and I get what they're doing. Um, and that is a sign of a talented writer. Um, so I would just like to, you know, just to echo what Emma said on that. Thank you so much. Yeah. And um, yeah, so Jack, it's been such a pleasure to have you um, featured on our podcast. Um, and, it, and you know, we hope to have you again in the future. Absolutely. Because we, oh, we yeah. enjoy your company. Um, but you you do a lot of stuff. Um, you're a, a very busy individual as well. I know you perform and I know you do a lot of other stuff. What other stuff do you do you do right now? Um, I know you have a podcast of your own. You want to tell us about that real quick? Yes, absolutely. So something that may not have been reflected in my sketches is that I am a sucker for anything relating to the paranormal. I love spooky stuff. That did not used to be the case. I used to be a very, very terrified child which you can hear the story of on the first episode of the first season of the podcast that I do called Studies in Shadow. We are headed into our third season right now, and it's, it's kind of a, a grab bag of, of anything paranormal. There are, are some weeks where we are getting stories that have been submitted there are some episodes where we have callers coming in and telling their stories, and then we discuss with them and theorize with them. It, it has an educational aspect to it that I really kind of desired from other scary podcasts that I love. They don't really have, like, discussions. I mean, they'll, they'll say, like, oh, that's so cool, that's scary. I love those kind of stories. And then, all right, on to the next caller. I'm like, wait, but can somebody explain what that was? And so that's, that's, what, I try to, that's what I try to do in my podcast. And we're headed into our third season right now. So you can actually find us on pretty much any platform where you can listen to podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Play, Pandora, iTunes. I think we're even on like Spreaker. <laughs> Just really great. Yeah. Anywhere you, where you can listen to podcasts, you can find us. And it, it's it's a lot of fun. I do it with my with my best friend. And it's it's something that I love because you know, Dan Brown, and this has been pretty much my motto throughout the show is we fear what we don't understand. And I was, I was tired of, I was tired of being afraid of stuff. So I tried understanding it. And so that's, that's why I do what I do today. Very cool. Um, I'm actually a fan of your podcast, Jack. I am a, I am a valiant supporter and listener. I eagerly await new episodes. So I would encourage listeners here to to look over at your podcast as well. Editing the new um, one tonight. <laughs> yeah, studies in shadow. That's uh, the the title of the podcast. And you can check us um, also check us out on Facebook as well. Same name, studies in shadow. So, Jack, are there other places? that people can find out more about you or your writing? Um, like, do you have a website or a YouTube channel that people can look you up? Or do you have a Facebook page just for yourself or anything like that we can direct people to look for you at? You know, nothing for my writing. I mean, the only YouTube channel I have is the one where in the fall of 2016, when I wasn't doing sketch comedy, I was recording covers of songs. And so that's that's a little embarrassing. Okay. But if you want to look at that, that has nothing to do with horror or with sketch comedy writing. 
if you want to look up some like just covers that I did to relieve stress, you can look up Music Man Jack on YouTube. <laughs> that is its own brand of horror. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Really I'm only kidding. Jack, you actually have a wonderful singing voice, and I know Thank that you. experience. Um, <laughs> but I flattered you enough. <laughs> 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 um but jack we uh we've enjoyed having you um we know and we know that you have a lot of you know great stuff coming your way um just remember we liked you first we did we liked you you first thank you patrick everybody this has been another episode of we liked you first thank you for listening i'm patrick carlisle i'm emma Mate, and i'm jack rogers and we've enjoyed having you guys uh, listening to this episode. Um, tune in in two weeks um, for another episode of We Liked You First. Um, if you'd like to submit, um, email us at welikedyoufirst at gmail.com or check us out on our Facebook page. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. Thanks, Jack.